What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with No Mercy, episode 10. On today's episode, I'm joined by Jeff Manns. We're going to be going heavy into DFS week five. So if you are playing this week, you need to tune in, listen to the whole entire show. We mixed in a lot of the stuff going on with the suspensions. We got a lot of players coming back from suspension. Mark Ingram, Edelman, a lot of defensive players that you guys haven't even thought about. Turbin, all types of guys. So we talk about how those suspensions are going to impact the game flow, how these teams offensively are going to be impacted by these guys coming back. We did a live from ESPN, NBC, and Fox headquarters about how bad the announcing is. We did a couple fuck, marry, kill questions as usual. We talked about the high pay lines in DFS, answered some Twitter questions. We covered a lot in a short period of time here. Uh, talked about the Steelers-Falcons game, chalk report for week five, you name it. Plus, we also did a touchdown call for this week. Jeff Manns nailed his with Taylor Gabriel last week. I'm going to nail mine with my odd one. So get over and subscribe on iTunes. It's important for us that you guys subscribe and download. Uh, that's what helps us out in the ratings. And the bigger we get, the bigger the guests we can get. Uh, follow me on Instagram at TommyGDFS and at Twitter at TommyG and then Jeff Manns at Jeff underscore Manns on Twitter and at the Jeff Manns. Without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 10 of the No Mercy podcast. I'll be joined again today by the biggest shoe build stork that I know, <laughs> Jeff Mans at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter and at the Jeff Mans on Instagram. What up, you fucking bird? <laughs> How dare you, by the way? You're you <laughs> fucking graced by my duck build presence. I like the stork thing. I actually, at first, I was like, what an asshole. Now I'm like, you know what? I like this. I'm okay with it. I mean, it, it looks a lot like you. You saw that I changed your picture in my phone. Your phone, yeah. Shoot. You fucker. Yeah, I and fucking I love it. Dude, when you call me, that pops up now, that big <laughs> fucking bird. <laughs> it's so great. It's better than the pizza. I was pizza forever. You still got the pizza logo. Em- emoji. So yeah. you have both. But yeah, now it's the, the pe- face of the duck build. No, story. I don't know if that'll ever change until I find something else you fucking look like. Yeah, uh, good luck. I look like a lot of weird shit. You look like a lot of fucking farm animals. <laughs> so, all I need to do is take a trip to the Bronx Zoo and I can fucking I can just pose the next Bronx to pictures Zoo. of me and Jeff Mans. Yeah, hey. Fucking the gorillas, the shoe build storks, all of yes. them. So uh, we did episode nine yesterday that dropped. Uh, that was a little more serious yesterday. It was an emergency, emergency episode. A uh, lot of stuff going on with Le'Veon Bell and Mahomes, and we wanted to get some seasonal stuff in there, too, because we're getting some people complaining it's all DFS. It's all you guys talking about shoving stuff up your ass in DFS. So we want to try and mix in some a seasonal episode a week, which also applies to DFS. So if you guys missed yesterday's episode, uh, there is a lot of stuff that you could definitely apply to DFS in there. Today, we're going to be more DFS heavy, and we're going to do our normal little skits. Um, we're going to bitch about the announcers. I know that just from our little pre-show yesterday. So I think we do a like a live from ESPN, NBC, Fox headquarters, Jeff, instead okay. of DraftKings or yeah. FanDuel. All right, so that'll work. We'll do our fuck, Barry kills. We'll do a couple of those. Got to do those. Um, I got some Twitter questions here that'll dovetail into some weird shit. Good fun. And then from a DFS perspective, uh, I'll do a little bit of a chalk report like we did last week, kind of letting everyone know kind of where some of the mispricings are. Uh, I think a lot of people want to know about the pay lines. 
and right. then uh, we'll talk about suspensions and scenarios and stuff like that. So, so we got a good show here. Let's see. Uh, let's see how quick we can get this done, Jeff, because someone has to go to the Yankee game tonight and go full on prison, Mike. This is the prison Mike reunion, my friend. Oh, it's going to be so great. You at a Yankee game is yeah. That's when prison Mike was sort of hatched. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I it was this game. It was the wild card playing game. Yeah, it's a huge yep. one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, your prediction for the game. Yankees 72 pays nothing. <laughs> Yankees 144. The uh, Who are they playing? The Oakland A's? Uh, negative 12. Negative 12. The, uh, yeah, no, I, I think the Yankees win this one 5-1. to one, And uh, I think Sevy pitches a gem. And if they lose, it's going to be a win for all of us because uh, add Tommy oh. G on Twitter. It's going to be fucking <laughs> phenomenal. I, I will be rooting against the Yankees just because I'm of sure that. I, I'm sure you will. I, I, I'm sure you will. I don't root against you, like, but I will root against the Yankees just for my own entertainment purposes. Yes, uh, I'm sure you will because you're a piece of shit. Yes. So um, I guess we start off this podcast with some serious stuff. Uh-oh. So we have a weird scenario this week, Jeff, and I know you are extremely on top of this shit. Um, there's a lot of players coming off suspension this week. Yeah. Pro- I mean, would you say it's more than ever in NFL history? Uh, it's. I don't. I More don't, important ones, it seems yeah, like, right? Very important ones, and I mean both offensively and defensively. It's it's pretty substantial, you know. There's a good ten players that are important to fantasy coming off, even though there might not be skill. A lot of defensive players and linemen and shit. So, so yeah. So let's start there. I mean, that's that's a good thing for the DFS week ahead. This kind of dovetails into some of the important questions and scenarios. We have the Thursday night game, uh, which at the time you're listening to this might be tonight or it might be tomorrow night. But uh, we have the Patriots. Could have been yesterday. yesterday. Uh, Who knows? From Marky Mark, it might have been last week. He wakes up before he goes to sleep. So this is, is, in my opinion, going to be a blowout. I think this is an easy bet. Uh, I would lay the house on the Patriots. I'm not worried about the 10 points. Just everything is wrong here for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they're missing players. Like, they're, they're, they're a mess. You got T.Y. banged up. You got Doyle banged up. You got defensive players banged up. Linemen banged up. Short week. New England's getting Edelman back. Josh Gordon should see an uptick. Um, so the Edelman suspension, obviously, is the big thing now. So we got Edelman coming back this week. A uh, couple questions on this, Jeff, for DFS, for seasonal, for everything going forward. Um, how? What do you think of Edelman immediate impact day one? Start there. Him personally, I think he, no doubter that's going to have a major positive impact on the entirety of the offense, whether he gets – the majority of those touches and those targets or not is still a little bit of a question. I anticipate he's a guy you got to plug into your lineup. He's a guy you got to play on the Thursday slate. I, I feel like there's a lot of positive impact around, but it's going to open things up for if Gronk were to play. Josh Gordon, Hogan, everybody in this offense will be opened up for much more production now that Edelman's back. They've moved the chains. Picking up, people don't realize the impact of picking up first downs. Right. You know, right. like, pick, it's new that. plays. They're new sets of downs. It's three more plays you get to run, man. That's that's another target each time. It, so could, be, it could be ten more plays you get to run be, because yeah, of that one scores? first down. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm talking about, yeah, even at the minimal impact, picking up those first downs, moving those chains are huge, and that's what Edelman brings to the table. Great for PPR formats. He's never been a major touchdown producer necessarily, so – you know whether he gets in the box or not. Eh, you know probably not a not a great bet just because people will expect it. But like 
I think he opens shit up for like, Chris Hogan. If I'm playing a DFS slate of the one. So you're, you're, is this the game, Jeff? Is this the game? Cause I know you've been pretty strong on this. You know, Hogan's not dead yet. Don't no, drop Hogan. Is this, is this kind of the game where you may change your opinion if Hogan finishes one for five? Um, I would need two games. Th- this okay. one, I don't think I would still, if he goes one for five here, I would be like, all right, well, it would be all or nothing next week. Like, he'll have an impact. I'm positive about it. How big? If if Josh Gordon wasn't there, then it would be. Then I'd be. I'd fucking right, put yeah. my balls on the table in front of us and just say fucking wax the 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 uh, top side of it with him because I would be so sure of it. But with Josh Gordon, like it, Gordon or Hogan's going to go off. Like, and you know how much they need to go off and how much they keep the pedal to the metal remains to be seen because I do think this will be lopsided. But, um, you know, I, I think this one, I kind of prefer Josh Gordon. I saw a lot of good with Josh Gordon on the field last week. I saw Tom Brady go embrace Josh Gordon after his first catch, give him a big old hug. Bill Belichick, who doesn't talk to anybody, actually pulled him aside and had his hand around him. It's a very interesting dilemma. I, the, what the Patriots do so well is analyze their players and know their players. And they know this dude is basically a seven-year-old child that needs coddling and needs care. And I saw it on the field from the two biggest leaders in Belichick and Brady, and I thought to myself, motherfuckers, these guys fucking know the psychology of the game. They're yep. embracing him. They're coddling him. But he's also practicing, though. I mean, if he was on the Browns, I'm 100% positive he wouldn't even be practicing right now, no. let alone on the field. So I look for Josh Gordon to have an explosive game. It, I would give not me a, doubt Give me a snap happens. count. Give me a snap count. Uh, Percentage-wise, I'm going to go about 62% for Gordon. Okay, that's huge. Yeah, that's he big. only played 18 snaps last week, so you're thinking he's going to yeah, probably maybe Yeah, there'll be an two, uptick there. I think there will be an uptick there around 60%. Yeah. Okay, that's huge. So, obviously, in that situation, we're talking about starting him not only in seasonal as a wide receiver three or wherever you might have him, maybe in the flex, but also make him DFS playable. Yeah, I, I think in DFS it's fantastic because it's, you know, it's one of those day, deals where – you know, you, you got to be, you got to find something different. You got to be ahead. You want a piece of this game. Everyone's going to be into Edelman. And right. I don't want to undermine what Edelman brings to the team. But just because he's back doesn't mean that it's going to be him that produces, right? It's going to be him opens things up for other players, too. So, it, you know, that's the thing. It, it, a guy like Julian Edelman brings a lot to the table in terms of the rest of the team. It's going to help Brady. It's going to help the offensive line because you don't need as deep dropbacks because you're not running as deep as routes. It, it, there is a, there's a whole hierarchy of, on the effects one player brings to the table in the National Football League, and I think Edelman will provide opportunities for himself and for others in this offense. You want to know the best after uh, Brady was really struggling? I ended up getting Tom Brady for – Case Keenum and oh, I think it was like geez. DJ Moore or something. Get the fuck out! <laughs> yeah. Was it to Ty it Dillon? Total. No, it was total. Oh no, no, because no, like Ty Dillon trade. loves his Panthers. Oh yeah, no, Ty would probably give me the house for DJ Moore. Yeah, but uh, no, it was total trade rate for sure. Um, all right, so we're talking about the Patriots being back. This should be the beginning of the you know nine and one run they go on. Let me say one thing though, too, and this is you a good. For you, the uh, our betting guy over at GuruLeet.com, sports betting package out there available now, obviously on a major heater after week four. But I am nervous. I don't, I'm looking at this line, and with all the Colts that are out right now, Tommy, I'm worried about the line moving to you know, almost two scores to 13, 14 points. If that's the case, I think it's sneaky as fuck to go Colts with the points. I'll tell it's you. Up to, it's up to 10 and a half. It won't. 
I would bet my life it doesn't get higher than 11. Okay, well, that, that's fair. Then then I wouldn't do it. Then I wouldn't make the bet. Yeah. But Andrew Luck is a motherfucker. He is one of the worst when you bet against him. Backdoor covers are his thing. They, you know, his first couple years yeah. in the league, I mean, this guy was notorious. And then SVP wasn't doing the bad beats thing then. But this dude backdoor covered the fuck out of, uh, out of his uh, some games and would even win games that he wasn't supposed to. And l- look at the, the scores of every Indianapolis game this year. They are fighting tooth and nail with every single opponent, even though they're one in three. And that's just sort of Andrew Luck doing what he does and scrapping and clawing and shit. So d- I wouldn't want two touchdowns. I wouldn't lay those kind of points on the Patriots. If it's 10, yeah, they, they should surpass 10. Two scores, I might actually flip this deal and go the other way just on a backdoor type of situation. Yeah, I got it at ten. Um, so that's that's basically. I I just I think this is a fucking route. I, I really should do. be. I think they just fucking route them. It I, should got, be. But there's only one dude for... that stands in that way for it being an all out blow, and that's luck. And here's here's my favorite uh, Kevin Adams stat of the day. <laughs> uh oh. Oh no. He texts me and Rob. Give uh, my me and Rob. Yes. Like, and he goes, the Patriots are three and zero since nineteen. 19- oh no, I wrote that. That's what I wrote as a rebuttal. <laughs> go, the pa- and my rebuttal is pretty funny. He goes, the Patriots have won eight straight non-week one Thursday night games, <laughs> outscoring opponents by an average of eighteen points per game over those wins. And I'm like, non-week one? Like, talk about manipulating your data, right? Like, I want to find something. Let me go back nine years and then eliminate the shit that doesn't work. That's awesome. Uh, So so I said the Patriots are 3-0 since 1974 on Thursday night games, played after week three, but before week seven when the weather is over 50 degrees and the start time is no later than 825. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but we all like the Patriots today for sure. Another situation, probably another one of the biggest ones coming back. Mark Ingram will be back. Um, this has been a popular question. A lot of people asking, do I sell high on Michael Thomas now? Are they going to be run first like they turned into last year? Do I sell high on Kamara? What's Ingram's impact going to be? Blah, 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 blah. Breeze. Oh, everyone's affected by this. If you listen to the fucking No Mercy podcast for the last three weeks, we've been screaming to sell high on all these guys for two and a half weeks. So you should have already been done that. By now, you're not going to get the value you would have two weeks ago. Again, Everyone wants to fucking have their cake and eat it too. They want to maximize the points for someone like a Kamara or Michael Thomas. I want all four weeks. Give me all that. And then I'm going to trade them. No, no. They lost value by then because the person you're trading with would also like to eat some of that cake before Ingram comes back. So I don't know if you're going to get the Michael Thomas value you were going to get before or the Kamara value you were going to get before where it was going to be like $1.40 per dollar. But, um... Do you, what do you think happens to this New Orleans offense now with Ingram back, and how much impact is he going to have his first game back in Week 5? He's going to have an impact, especially with them on a bye week. I don't think they're going to short-tail him at all. And with the amount of touches, we saw it the first two weeks. Kamara impacted the game. He, I'm he, sorry, Week 6. I said Week 5. Yeah, I'm used to this by now. You, yeah, you're, you're fucking, fucking, I'm, I'm drinking already. I'm fucking already at the Yankee game. <laughs> I know, right? You're already fucking there. He's I'm like, already there. This is Tommy. I'm, I'm in the suite fucking eating lobster. I'm already there. Fucking girl. Oh, man, lobster. So great. Um, the I'm fucking jealous as fuck right now. The The whole deal with... They held Kamara down as far as production. And they had to... In Week 3, they had to just say, fuck it. We have to win this game because they almost lost the fucking Browns you know, in that game um, in Superdome. So th- there was a whole thing there... And they said, fuck it, we'll air Kamara out, let him just go. And But they don't want to. That's not what this coaching staff wants to do. They don't want to give him the ball 30 times. They did it the last two weeks, knowing that as long as he stays healthy, if we make it through, 
Now Ingram's back to the rescue. Now Kamara's going to go back to 15 touches a game. And the amount of production he made in those, it, we're le- it's beyond legendary. It's Jim Brown type shit. Th- that is a tough row to hoe. I don't think you'll ever get. Alvin Kamara will never be as more valuable as he is at this moment. Right. He just won't. There's just no way unless Ingram were to go down again, which obviously is very possible. So if you ever want to trade Kamara, you could probably get a huge haul for it. Sharp people will realize what you're trying to do and not give you that, but there's plenty of dumb people in every league. So I, I would shop them. I mean, you don't have to make a deal, but I would float it out. And if you get three starters for Alvin Kamara right now, a guy who's going forward is only going to touch the ball 15 to 18 times a game, you know, I could get behind that. I mean, it depends who it is you get, you know. But I think there's something there. So I think Ingram will have an impact on me. And by the way, I was right. They do play this week. It's just Monday night, so it's not on this. Yeah, it's Washington. That's why we thought they weren't playing. Yeah. So what about Breeze and Michael Thomas? I mean, we we know it'll affect Kamara. I mean, that's that's obvious. Mm -hmm. Kamara did a ton last year, but he did it on far less touches than he was getting this year, right? Like he was that guy who was getting 13 touches and would go for 140 all-purpose yards, right? So you really needed those monstrous plays. This year, we were able to get a lot more volume out of him where you didn't need those 60-yard plays. You didn't need the 13 catches because you were getting 20 touches no matter pretty much what happened. Um, what about Thomas and Breeze, though? Because the one thing we noticed, they become, or at least they became last year, which sounds crazy for a Breeze-led team in the Saints, they became a run-first team. So is this how far down does this tick Breeze? How far down does this tick Michael Thomas, who as of right now, I would argue is the best receiver in the NFL and the number one guy. I wouldn't trade him straight up for any other receiver in the NFL as of today. Right, and I think it will impact it. It's one of those deals where, what, 64% passing, um, pass play to run play right now for New Orleans. It's way lopsided than it was a year ago. So I I think it'll have an impact. I I still can't, you know, Michael Thomas is a clear wide receiver one. I don't see that changing, but I, I think that, Drew Brees has always been a great producer when he has a lot of volume. Last year, he didn't have a lot, and he slipped down to the lower end of the QB1 ranks. And I kind of feel that he'll outperform last year by a little bit as a whole. But I think being a quarter of the way through the season, we've already seen those big-ass games. And I think Brees on the road, what we saw against the Giants where he was terrible— uh, you know, and didn't produce shit. I think this is a thing for the rest of the year. You got to have another quarterback in case he gets on the road in an outdoor game in a colder environment, and they're just gonna and they're able to control the clock with that great offensive line and those two running backs. And I think that's going to be the game plan. So I do think you could sell high in either Thomas and or Breeze. Uh, like you said, you would take a big haul to get Thomas. I think the production will still be there. Just he's getting too much of the target share overall. And I don't see, unless Traquan Smith or Cam Meredith really jump in here, um, I, I don't see anybody taking from Michael Thomas. So I'm waiting for Quan, man. I'm waiting for Quan. It would be I great. Like I, I, I really, Joe Dolan sold me hard on him in the preseason mm-hmm. and had me spend about three hours of my life going back watching tape on a guy who's you know not even touching the field that much. But uh, I, he, he, this kid's going to be a stud, so I'm praying they can get him involved. And I know a lot of people are banking on Meredith getting involved. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think, I think we just go right back to where we were last year and we just see, see, how, this, see how this works forward. I think Kamara will still be the main back. Ingram will probably take a little more of a back seat than he did last year. But, uh, but it should be interesting to see. Let's pivot. Uh-oh. Let's get to a fuck, marry, kill here, Jeff. We oh, got, we got yes. Mix in a lot. Good, of, some fun shit. That's it. I'm going to mix it in a lot about. more today. 
We were way too serious. Way yesterday. too boring. I started way drifting too much off in- during that whole. Speech. Way too much information yesterday. Yeah, we can't be. Sucks. We can't be doing all that. Yeah. All right. So fuck Mary Kill again. Most of these, actually, all of these are from Twitter. Nineteen um, eighties, nineteen nineties, two thousands. Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> Which decade? Would you fuck? Which decade would you marry? Which decade would you kill? What 80s, an amazing 90s, question. What the fuck? Our fucking listeners, these guys, No Mercy listeners, bring in the fucking noise. What a great one. The entire decade. All right, so let me Google when was AIDS. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I started AIDS, so yeah, I know. That was so, probably around like 1992. Yeah, probably <laughs> early 90s right there. That's when it caught on when I, I started. I thought Freddie Mercury's mustache created AIDS, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Man, what a well. Listen, I I probably peaked in the nineties, like that's where you know the frosted tips and every you know. I don't know if you ever peaked. I think you kind of came out to shoot and went straight downhill. You're like an action park water slide. No, like my, you came out the vag and just went straight downhill from where you were supposed to be. It was pretty bad. It was pretty yeah. bad, like from the start. But no, I I once I broke away from. The Burbank, Illinois, the south side of Chicago, where I grew up. Once I broke out of there, things were actually good for a very small time. So okay. Ted but did you were, still look like you do now? We're shitting on walls. Yeah, but it was a younger version. You know how, like, when you're younger... It, your you, head was probably, like, a third smaller. Yeah, right? it, I think, like, my head has taken on a lot of water. So it's, like, <laughs> and a lot of hair. The, the, yeah, right? My, my hair is still pretty on point. But, but the, the frosted tips were in then, Yes, right? Exactly. So you actually had a hairstyle that Dude, fit the times. I had a did you have Cavariccis? I uh, no, no. I I, oh, dude, I got a pair for Christmas shit. in like ninety three, ninety four. So I did get a pair. It was a big deal. Like oh, you, you grew up poor, deal. like me and you. Yeah. It was like you oh, know you got you saved up like Cavariccis. It was my only Christmas present. They were a hundred dollars, yeah. like, and that was like that was everything. You walked into school with Cav- Z Cavariccis on, and you were exactly. Just a did you have Zubas? No, I never had Zubas, but I did have one pair of black Cavariccis. Mm-hmm. I did have that. I had the frosted tips. So I had a Z24 when I got when I was like 17, my senior year in high school. Like things were really headlight covers, like the dual exhaust. Like I, I had I had something going back then. That's why a couple I, chicks, couple I got, chicks you were finger banging. Yeah, all my wife. Yeah. I mean that's oh, where really? I met my wife. So I mean that's Oh, that's when sex with the wife was still new. Exactly. It was fun. Oh wow. It was good. Yeah. And it wasn't just right. like getting the process done, checking boxes. Right. It so, wasn't just to like relieve I, I, the hate in your system. I'm, I'm already married to the '90s, okay. so that's the one. Do I want to fuck the '80s or the fuck the? I now, are we counting 2000s as 2000 to 2018? Or are we just yeah, right? Like everything. Good question. I feel like the 2000s are at a little bit of a disadvantage to start, so we should include the extra all the way years. to 18. In yeah. that case, I'm killing them because it's okay. we're way too like 9/11 sapped all of our fucking. Shit away. Like, everybody became pussies. I don't know if it's 9-11. Mm-hmm. That's probably not right. But whatever it was, something killed society in the 2000s. And I would like to kill the 2000s. I would definitely fuck the 80s. No no AIDS. There was so much less fucking disease and shit out there. And everybody was loose and nice. You're still on the edge of free love from the, yeah, like the 60s still and 70s. On, still on there. The free love. Cocaine was a lot better before they started cutting it with a bunch of bullshit. I mean, there, there's the '80s are way better. Some fucking '80s marrying the '90s. I'm killing the 2000s. Too much millennial culture. Too much political correctness. Too much like you technically you said blah 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 and blah 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 and everybody has to be equal and it doesn't matter if you're better because equal equality is everything. Fuck all that shit. I'm killing the 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I think the 2000s is an auto kill. 
it's just fucking i feel bad for those people that literally are like 24 right now that all they know is the 2000s because they don't realize how fucking horrendous this generation is it's like i mean everything like you can't even say words anymore right like anything you say is like like the r word or the b word or the c word or the d word or the n word or the g word or the f word like like everyone is so sensitive by every little thing that goes on so words hurt now words are like words are like knives right now didn't ronald reagan Call Gorbachev or like a commie motherfucker or something like that. Like the president, like they'd just say shit and it'd be like, yeah, we could totally do that. Nowadays, it's like if I were to tweet something about freaking, you know, Tommy having a cold sore on his fucking lip, it'd be like, how could you? How could you do that? You can't. Oh, That's a disease. Oh my god, it's serious business. People suffer from that. He needs Valtrex right away. Do you believe I've never in my life, and this is the God's honest truth, and you've seen me a million times, I've never had a cold sore on my mouth. It's like my biggest fear in life. And I know people get them, and it's just normal. I've never had some one people, yeah. I've never had, like, I'm so I've never had a cold about sore. That. Yeah, I, I, I've never, I don't even go down on girls because of that, because I'm oh. scared to death yeah. of, like, cold sores. And everyone's like, well, it's not herpes if you get a cold sore. Like, eh, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's, that's why I yeah. always wear like a Chewbacca mask or something. <laughs> like always. Plus, plus, by the way, and you laugh and you make fun. <laughs> Chewbacca fucking would be great. But that's where the duckbill platypus. I mean, you're right there. Like that's a way. It's way away yeah. from your face. Yeah, it's so good. You, that's good for you. Yeah, yeah you, you can don't box. Like keep this. it on the end of the beak. Yeah. So yeah, I kill the 2000s without a doubt. Um, I mean, I think anyone our age is gonna is gonna marry the 90s, right? Hopefully. Like I, I was only like 10 in the 80s. So, um, it's easily the 90s. I was a raver. I was a DJ. I was playing baseball. I was getting laid all the time. I was died shipmates and all that shit. Yeah. Like. I was shipmates, Tommy. Right? Like I was still fucking. Wasn't peak. Sh- shipmates was two thousand. It? it was, but that's who I. That's yeah. still what I looked like yeah. back then. Like I was like a fucking genetic freak back in the nineties. Like I was beautiful. Now I'm a piece of fucking <laughs> I garbage. Was beautiful. <laughs> I was a beautiful, beautiful man. See, that's how I feel. I was. I yeah, but you weren't. Compared to what we became. Yeah, you weren't though. That's the difference. No. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, but I would fuck the eighties because if I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure, I'd definitely fuck the eighties. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can make an argument that you should fuck the 90s because that's when all the girls we first grew up wanting to fuck, Kelly Kapowski, all the ones we talked about. But yeah, I think we're going to go unanimous decision. First ever fuck, marry, kill, unanimous decision. Marry the 90s, kill the 2000s, fuck the 80s. Uh, Let's get back to some suspensions. So these are some that might seem small and insignificant, but should have some more meaning. We have Turbin back for the Colts. Does that do anything? Yeah, I mean, Mar- Marlon Mack is still out for the Thursday night game, so I think Turbin kind of jumps right back into the mix. I would be hard-pressed. I'm stunned that they kept him on the roster. I thought they'd cut him either before, you know, right after he was suspended and give him a, a settlement or right after he was reinstated, cut him now. It'll be interesting how they handle it. I still am a believer in the offensive line when Costanzo's back and healthy and Quentin Nelson and shit. I'm still a believer in this offense to a certain degree. So whoever's running the ball will be able to get some real low value, you know, low end points. 
But I gotta, I gotta believe Thursday night Naheem Hines is the most valuable because of the tempo of the game, the game flow. So I don't think Turbin will make a big impact on Thursday. And by the following week, Marlon Mack has to be back, and he's gonna get an opportunity to be the first man up for at least a couple games to see him fail. So with that, I'm I'm not even picking up Turbin at this point. Plus Jordan Wilkins did pretty good for the first couple yeah. of weeks of the season. Yeah. So there's a lot there. That's I mean many. that's a that's a patented Tommy G avoid team. I, yes. I hate fucking sharing. Oh, by the way, do you want my Thursday night special? Um, I was going to save it to the end to make them wait because right. your touchdown oh, call of the week last yes. week, Taylor Gabriel, no mercy podcast. We mentioned it on the last pod. Week before was to be Calvin Ridley, again. by the way. Yes. The, I mean, the, but nobody's uh, keep, I'm not keeping track or nothing. Oh, no, no, no one's no, keeping track. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to make them wait okay. till the end of the podcast for both I of our touchdown calls of the week. I got for you. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll definitely get to that at the end. I wrote it down in my show notes here to make Good. sure I don't forget. Boom. Uh, yeah, that I don't share with you. <laughs> yeah, no, wait for it. Do you think people, like, I swear on my deceased grandmother, my mother, and everyone else that I am sitting here looking at a show plan and did not send it to Jeff? No. Like, no. He does not have I love springing this shit on him. So I do the same thing with Mad Lab. I actually like but, it a yes. lot better, too. It's more it's fun, fun this way, right? Ta- you know how or- – Tommy knows how organized I am. I'm really – Right. I like getting you stuff. off that organization. So taking me out of the comfort level is it's fun. This is yeah. – that's why I love this fucking show. It's like All right. Leggett is back for the Chargers, my dude. I know this is something everyone's going to ignore, but you have strong take on this one. Big – Throbbing, veiny member for Corey Leggett. Here's the reason: because the guy is a, a run stuffer. And look at the last couple of years. Leggett's been beaten up. He's been injured. Spent most of 2017 injured. When he's out, the Chargers give up a ton. Or uh, well, yeah, when he's out, they give up a ton of yardage on the ground. When he's in, they don't. It's almost like a yard per carry less with on the ground. Um, when Leggett is in versus when he's out, which he's missed a lot of time. He's been gone the first four weeks, which is why the Chargers have struggled to stop the run. But he's back now, and people coming off a huge week, people are going to flock to Marshawn Lynch. And Lynch is a very sort of, I don't know what the term would be, but in vogue type uh, play for this week because of the seemingly good matchup. But I'm telling you all, this matchup isn't as good as it seems. Corey Leggett's the truth in the middle of this Chargers offensive line and is a guy that will help shut down Marshawn Lynch. And plus, I think game flows against Lynch too. So yeah, the the days of anybody versus the Chargers at the running back position, I think are over for 2018 so long as he's healthy. AVC, anyone versus Chargers. Uh, Jimmy Smith back for the Ravens is another one that you had your eye on. Yes, Jimmy Smith back. This dude is legit top five corner in the league. Like for real, and real for you know, real. Yeah, the reals. Baker Mayfield was not impressive to me last week. Um, Who would have thought? Yeah, stunning, right? We never uh, would have heard that last Wednesday in the No Mercy podcast. But uh, nevertheless, and, you know, and Landry's banged up. Callaway's banged up. Callaway was horror-fucking-rific. So I expect Jimmy Smith to get back in there. Target Landry, cover him like a blanket. Take him out. So now what do we got? Going to have to attack on the ground, or it's going to be your boy Higgins. Every time you say Rashad Higgins, Higgins is like, I believe, Magnum P.I., the assistant, was named Higgins. So every fucking time I hear it, I just think, Higgins. Every- <laughs> you and Mad Lab have memories, like the most yeah. insane memory. Yeah. I have none. I have so much CTE. Yours is beaten out of you, though. 
Yeah, it, well, it was bad before then. I, believe it or not, remember I went on that heater after I got hit with the tire iron? Yeah, you did. I think well, something got knocked right. Well, you blanked everything out. You, yeah. you, did, you had a short memory then. You had no memory then. Now you have a short memory, so it's yeah, right. yeah, Now no, you have bad. just enough memory to suck. <laughs> just enough. <laughs> before, you were just like fucking walking into it. Like, uh, okay. like if I would have done that man. this week and just fucking just donkey punched my Monday lineup, I'd be sitting on 150 grand right now. But there anyway, you go. Um, so. that's that sucks to have that memory back. Any other big suspensions that we should talk about here? Um, Thomas Davis back for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, no, they actually have one more week for Thomas Davis. My bad on that because he had the bye week last week. Thomas Davis will be returning, though, linebacker for them. That will help the pass rush. It'll help the run game, especially when Luke Keekley is not 100%. Vontez Perfect is back for the Bengals. This dude's just, like, clinically insane. Like, he's, he will rip your fucking pancreas out of the side of your body kind of fucked up. So, Perfect is an intimidating player on the defense for Cincinnati. So, that defense improves a little bit with him coming back. Cowboys get a run stopper and David Irving back, their defensive tackle. Eh, I don't think it's that big of an impact for fantasy, but something worth note. Um, that's about it. We mentioned Edelman and Mark Ingram as the and Robert Turbin as the offensive guys. So yeah, that's about all the real significant impact guys who are returning. Okay, let's do another fuck Mary kill here. Yeah. Um, this one, this one is pretty much right up our alley. 60s, These are pretty generic 50s. ones here. Oh, no. So this is three. Oh, we should do, should do that. Uh, this is three different alcohol types. This is a tough one for me, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do here. Vodka, bourbon, tequila. Fuck Mary kill. Oh, I mean, this is straight up easy for me. It's not, it's not even like I am married to bourbon. Like mm. I mean, I have been married to bourbon probably longer than I've been married to my old lady. So yeah, bourbon for me is not even a question. Um, Jesus, yeah. And then the other, yeah, I, I will fuck vodka because I usually do drink vodka and fuck. That's my my thing. <laughs> Tequila just never has been good for me. Like I can do. Very specific. I could do silver, any kind of silver, 1800. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could do a Cuevro, I could do Patron, any kind of silver tequila. I could shoot that. You try to give me anything else, you try to give me that crazy, you try to mix tequila with me, you know, outside of a very fucking, you know, artsy margarita. I, I will, I, I get. Not good. Like I've I been handle there. my booze pretty yeah, that's well. Where, that's where uh, Jeff Mann's mashed potato came in. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. That was me pounding tequila shots down your throat yes. in FSTA. I remember that. Yeah, when you that turned in, I was, I was, me and Jeff have the total opposite effects on tequila, so it's very interesting to watch. Yes. He actually gets a little stoned. Like, he yeah. loses motor function and just becomes, like, a fucking mashed potato. <laughs> Meanwhile, I turn into, like, fucking Megatron. Yeah. It's like I just attack like anyone who's around me. So uh so that was interesting. Yeah, Jeff just sitting in the corner watching me just pick off people one by one and making everyone cry. Oh and he's just God. sitting in the, the corner Canadians. going, <laughs> Remember the Canadians that night? Oh God. You fuck it. Like these guys were like we have to kill I've never seen such a polite commentary of we're gonna kill your friend. Like I'm like, <laughs> What? I'm I am i am just sitting there like a bobblehead, like what? He's like, No, you you know, we're gonna have to kill him. Like, wait, what? Like, he's, matter of fact, and he's, like, sharpening a knife, like, fucking doing the, the thing with bullets in a chamber of a fucking revolver. And he's like, we're going to kill your friend. Just hope, just so you know, he's going to die tonight. And it's, like, so polite and nice. And I'm like, wait, this is weird. Are they serious? I'm like, what's happening? And then I go over and see Tommy hitting on their girls. I'm like, oh, yeah, they are going to kill him. 
Yep. <laughs> like, yep. okay, that was like that was a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. That happens a lot where oh, people yeah. want to murder me. But usually they uh, get, they get pissed. They end about up it. doing usually shots like, with me. Right. That motherfucker Tommy, you fucking tell your boy you can fucking cut his throat, and it's like, okay, I know how to react to that. I don't know. Oh, by the way, your friend's going to die. Like, <laughs> what? Like, oh yeah, yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna. And I don't him. even know. I'm just like, why are those guys mad at me? Like, yeah, I have no. It's just it. so natural for me. I have uh, my penis in their girlfriend's <laughs> ear, but I don't know what their problem is. Like, what an asshole! Know. And she voluntarily came with me. Yeah. Uh, vodka, bourbon, tequila. Let's see. Uh, this is really fucking hard because vodka, I drink more than I honestly will say. I have more drinks of vodka over the course of a week than water, and that is a that is a true story. Um, bourbon, I've grown to love. So like bourbon has right. grown this on me. Is, I wasn't a bur- you. yeah, bourbon. I wasn't a bourbon guy five years ago, but I've slowly, yeah. slowly started to morph into a bourbon guy. And tequila is just my go-to. Just fucking all right. Let's you know game the fuck on drink. It used to be, um, used to be uh, Jägermeister, but oh, I kind of outgrew that. I outgrew that that fucking syrup, fucking wax, fucking, fucking oil. Cough medicine. It's like we, oil we, in your you, car. We have to do drinking stories. Like oh, we God, have so man. many of them. Yeah, I just, well, the like, beauty of it once back. we're not doing it today, but we're, here's the beauty of it. Once football season ends, yes. this podcast gets way better. <laughs> yes. You know, like every like, other fucking show gets worse once what they, are we talk they about because uh, they're what? so fucking boring. Me and you just want to talk about stories yes. and we can't because we got to get football information in. So once January hits, oh, this shit kicks into high gear. We're going to talk dating techniques, sex, drinking stories, fight uh, stories. That's when we get fucking weird. So um, I'm going to marry vodka because I have to. Every drink I have is vodka. Um, fuck, man, I hate to I hate to kill bourbon, but I think I have to only because it's I've known tequila longer. Right. The bourbon is more of a sipping thing, oh, yeah. right? Whereas totally. tequila is like boom, boom. Like I bang two shots, and it's like it's like uh, when Mario turns into Big Mario and fucking Mario <laughs> Brothers when he jumps on the mushroom. Like tequila is <laughs> my shit. mushroom. I'm officially I'm changing. Go! I'm officially changing my avatar in my phone to Big Mario for you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what tequila does to me. It's that mushroom. Where they, boing 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 boing. Oh I'm literally, and then everyone dies. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry vodka, fuck tequila, because um, I usually do fuck after tequila. And then I'm sorry, bourbon. It's a sacrificial lamb. I don't want you to die, but fuck, that, that, that one hurts. Um, let's go through a little bit more on DFS here. Right. So a little bit about this week. We have the Steelers Falcons game. I'm gonna give a little chalk report in a second. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Browns, but this Steelers Falcons game. I think we need to address right out the gate. Uh, 57 and a half total. I think this fucking thing is up to, um, and it could easily get over that. Um, I mean, shit, this has got to be uber chalk, right? We're going to see a shit ton of Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, big Ben, James Connor, Calvin Ridley, uh, Juju Smith Schuster, a lot of options here. You got Freeman supposedly coming back. You got Muhammad Sanu in play, Tevin Coleman. There's a lot of Hooper, a lot of places to go here. Um, talk to me about this game. I do. I think that. And do we stack it in cash? <laughs> I will fucking cut your Mario-looking mustachioed face. The um, I love. So do we stack it in cash? Everybody, no, we do not stack it in cash. We can do we go. Ever stack you, can, in cash? you can absolutely if you want to. Here's what you could do if you're smart in cash. You would go. Okay, I'm going to use Ryan and Ridley. That's an acceptable 
you know, stack because they're getting points together. And then on the other side, I'm going to use call Antonio. that a stack. That's a pairing. Well, I right? exactly. Yeah. But people don't keep know it. I'm, I know. No, but I'm keeping you're you. You're right. These fucking I'm keeping guys. you away from your detrimental phraseology where it can get you in trouble on the Twitter.com. And they, uh, they and it will. I'm protecting And then bring it back with like a Brown or a Juju or something like that. And that's the way you can get a lot of this game. But you're not sacrificing pieces. You know what I'm saying? So right. there's no pawns in this this build. I lo- do not. Please, folks, do not overlook Devonta Freeman or James Conner. And I get the feeling that's what's going to happen here because these guys are very, very involved in the passing game. Atlanta gives up nothing but receptions, just constantly. So I like Freeman coming back. You can, you know, Freeman has a big contract. Edo Smith, Tevin Coleman's gone after this Edo, year. Edo, so Edo, Edo. Don't even, don't even fuck around with it, man. I, I do not overlook the running backs in this game, folks. I'm telling you. Who do you prefer more, Freeman Con- or Connor? Connor, more receptions, tons okay. of receptions. Okay, I'm with you on that one. Um, Juju or Antonio? Oh God. I'm Honestly, Juju. Yeah, I'm, I'm team Juju. It, you know what it is? It's the Will Fuller Hopkins thing. It's like, yep. yeah, I'm willing yep. to say Hopkins is better, but. Right now, it's just Fuller is better because the money is a little less. If it's a dollar less, I'm going to have to go with Juju. Julio Ridley got about a $2,500 discount. <laughs> Fucking shit. That's so tough. I mean, it has to. You know, I'm going to say Ridley. Or, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to say Julio. I'm just going to bucking like we talked about on the last No Mercy podcast. I'm just I'm bucking diving in. I'm all in. Julio's going to score touchdowns this year. It's going to happen. So <laughs> I'm just going to fucking do it. And it's all about what happens, those safeties, and how the Steelers go about things. And if this is truly a back-and-forth game and Ridley gets off to a great start, they're going to have to start rolling people over towards him. They will have no choice. And if Julio's one-on-one against anybody in the Steelers, it's going to be fucking lights out for them. So I'm going to take agree. Julio in that one. All right. Let's Speaking of you know, kind of chalk here. Let's give a little bit of a chalk report. And by the way, guys, get over to GuruElite.com. We lowered our prices now that we're past the quarter poll four weeks in uh, for DFS. We've been smashing. Subs have been smashing in DFS. uh, And we had a great gambling Sunday, too. But get over there. Me and Jeff do a live stream. Uh, It's usually about four and a half hours long. No, it's it's like two hours long every time. Never shorter. Um, Friday night. No jokes, though. We haven't really joked around much in a live stream because it's been all business on Fridays. But uh, we do the live stream on the site Fridays uh, at 7 o'clock, usually it's around 8, 30, 9 o'clock, and most people watch it on demand um, after that for the subscribers only. And that's where we break down everything in depth. And then Jeff's article and my articles drop um, 3 a.m. Saturday for Jeff and you know, 5 p.m. Saturday for me. So that's where we go real in-depth. Jeff's in the chat rooms at GuruLeet.com on Saturday night, almost every night. If it's not Jeff, it's one of us there. But Jeff's usually in there with the guys talking through cash game lineups with a few hundred people. Uh, And then Sunday mornings, we have another DFS show with Draft Cheat and Jeff Collins. And then I do the updates to my articles on Sunday morning. So tons and tons and tons of stuff. So whatever we say now, we got another 72 hours of research that we're doing before we make our final decisions on all this stuff. Um, while we're speaking of chalk, let me give you a little bit of a chalk report here of what I kind of see being the chalk per position here, right? So I think Ben's going to be the Uber chalk, um, Ben at home. People love, I think a lot of people are down on Connor right now. They're going to want exposure to this game with this 57 total. And I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Ryan actually goes a little bit under owned and Ben goes a little over owned 
given the scenario. I just think people don't really want to roster Connor too much. So I think Ben's ownership is directly tied to James Connor. If James Connor ends up being much higher than I thought, then Ben will be lower. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think people want the aerial attack on Pittsburgh here. So I think Ben's going to be the chalk. And then outside of that, I think it's just going to be mixed up. I think we're going to see a little bit of Rodgers and Ryan and Bortles and Cam. And I mean, you'll probably see some Stafford at 5,700. He's too cheap. Andy Dalton, again, at under 6K, has been working out great for people. So, I mean, Mahomes is probably going to be a guy who goes almost no-owned, right, against Jacksonville. So that's an interesting play there for GPP. Dude, I, I think in him? that's one thing that I, I am very excited to see that. I think he'll be owned. I yeah. think he might I be on 20%. I think he's like four. I, yeah, whoa, really? Yes, yes, I do. Wow. I really believe, in, and I, I strongly believe, I believe in the power of the media and power of persuasion. And I think people are so enamored with Mahomes that they simply cannot, there's enough people that won't make the right decision. And, wow. you know, they'll pay up for him. They don't give a fuck. I think he'll be, you know, relatively high, way higher owned than he should be against this matchup. I really wow. believe that. I think it's going to be super low, um, yeah. but we'll see. You know, maybe people are dumb. Yeah. Uh, oh, running back situation, I think it's I, – I mean, if Melvin Gordon isn't the highest on back, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I mean, uh, he's in an absolute yes. insane spot this week against Oakland, who's given up like 19 yards per carry to running backs. So Melvin Gordon's going to be the uber chalk. And then I think, I think you'll see Connor in the high teens – I think you'll see Gurley, McCaffrey, depending on the Fournette. Do we have do we have final word on Fournette? I haven't double checked that. It looks bad. It looks, looking I, not going to play, never right? Know, but yeah, I would say Yeldon's going to. So you'll see Yeldon. I mean, it looks like DJ and Hunt are underpriced, so they'll get some ownership. So I, I don't think you need to go too crazy worrying about running back ownership. Uh, you'd say Gurley, but I mean, ninety four hundred does make it a little tough because if you want to get exposure to this pit Atlanta game, which everyone's going to do. Those guys are expensive, you know, outside of Ridley and, you know, even Juju's in the mid sevens. So you're paying 7,500, 8,500, you know, even Ben 6,900. You're not getting many discounts there. So I don't see people being able to fit as much girly as they want. So wouldn't be surprised if he dipped a little bit under own this week and became somewhat of a little bit of a value. Um, wide receivers, it's going to be that whole fucking game. I mean, it's literally, oh, yeah. you're going to see 20 to 40% on Juju, Ridley, Julio, and Antonio Brown. Like, it's not even a question, and it's I can't wait to roster Muhammad Sunu. Yeah, and fucking, I hope he scores two touchdowns and fucks the rest of the world up. <laughs> so, yep. you know, but I mean, outside of that game, I I'm going to make a bold prediction. Outside of those receivers in that game, you don't see a single receiver in single entry tournaments over twenty percent owned. I think you literally have the rest of the slate at under twenty percent because that's how high those four guys are going to be. Is um, this again? Is this a Keenan Allen week? It it could be, yeah. I mean, this is this is the type of spot to go get your Keenan Allen's and your Tyree Kills and your Odell Beckham's and the guys that usually have high ownership with huge upside that will have no ownership. You know, that'll be thirteen percent. That could really be difference makers. Um, the tight end position. I was I do my initial research, Jeff, and I write everything out on pen and paper. I got <laughs> six hundred <laughs> sheets of notes here that with chicken scratch written all over yeah. it. But um, the tight end position was the one that I couldn't lock in on anyone. Like I don't see that that matchup that really jumps out for anyone. So I'm saying it's going to be a lot of cheap tight ends, and I'm saying it's going to be really spread out. Wouldn't be surprised if we don't see any tight end being chalked this week. Um, so I wouldn't even acknowledge it. I wouldn't even look at it. 
because there's nothing. I mean, do, do you see anything that just screams at you from tight end? No, I think right. It's just like the last position again. Like right, they're good. Right, but I mean, you're not sitting there looking at Njoku versus Baltimore, Kittle versus Arizona with Beathard going. That's the nuts. That's eighty percent of my lineups. I think Kittle will be the highest owned, but the point you're making is right that it's not going to be anything overwhelming. But I I feel like people gravitate to coming off a big week, the Iowa connection. Arizona does give up touchdowns to tight ends, and historically, and even this year. So there, there's. I feel like that will be the highest on tight end, but I again do not think it's going to be anything overwhelming. I think we have the same thing with defense. You know, the, I mean, you look yeah. at it, the Tennessee Titans are the most expensive defense, and they're honestly probably in the best spot. So there's nothing that really flies off the board. I mean, you know, you got the Ravens at one of the cheaper prices we've ever seen them, but everyone's in love with Baker, who they're going against. You know, you got the Niners and I guess a decent spot, but they're the fucking Niners. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think people are going to have to pay down at defense. So you're just going to see a splattering of like all these defenses that are fairly good, like the Ravens and the Eagles. And, you know, a lot of these defenses that are under 3K that have some upside. Right. That have some upside at at a cheap price, you know. So um, I think defense, overall defense, tight end and quarterback outside of Ben, very spread out. Running back, you're going to see Melvin Gordon lead the charge with a couple other guys up there over 20. Wide receiver, it's the Pitt uh, Atlanta game. And I, I think this is a fun week. I think the, the pricing has finally gotten up to even the guys like Ridley and Boyd and all these guys that everyone's been rostering cheap. At least you're paying 6 k for them now. You know, like when you're paying 4800 for these guys, it's a big difference than paying 5800 6000 because now they got to they gotta like five for 70 isn't enough at 5,800, right? Like you need to either get in the box or break a hundred at that point when you're paying 6,000 to really hurt if you fade them. So I like this week. I'm excited about it. And um, one thing I'm not excited about though, Jeff, Uh is the announcers that have been announcing on these. Oh my fucking God. (laughs) I mean, we've been talking about this. It's, I mean, years. it's fucking amazing. It's really fucking amazing how they get worse and worse and worse every year. We were talking about uh, you were talking about the mistakes that Booger McFarland was making on Monday Night Football. I mean, the guy literally says like 40 words per tele- telecast and like 10 of them are wrong. Right. And the sad thing is he's the best of the three of them. Yeah. And that, and that's how much he it's so bad. They I mean, what the fuck is going on with they're trying to like for one they don't realize, networks don't realize, we don't really care who it is that's saying the words. Right. Like, I don't really get, like, remember, like, Dennis Miller and all these people, like, we all these things that they're like, oh, you get a star to talk about it. We don't care. What we want is the good analysis. Like, sports fans want good analysis, not who's saying it. It's what's being said. It's way different, you know? So we can't see their face. Nobody it's like re- when smoking hot chicks start a podcast. Exactly. Like my eight year on the radio. It's like, wait, oh, I don't right. oh, yeah. fucking care. Like, if right, I can't yeah. see you, we don't want to hear your voice. Like, yeah. Like, I haven't, I haven't been jerking off to you because of your personality. Yeah. <laughs> like, no doubt about it. And it's like, we don't, does my eight year old son care about Jason Witten or who the fuck is Jason Witten? Like, we don't care that he once played for the Cowboys. Nobody gives a shit. You know, when he's stumbling all over the place and stating only obvious things moments after we saw it happen. That doesn't do anything for the broadcast. Yeah, it, it was Monday Night Football should be an institution. It's a goddamn train wreck. You it's figure ca- these should be the spots, Jeff, that like 
the most qualified person with yes. the degree in analytics that went to broadcasting school for six years yeah. that has a track record announcing for the you know six different NFL teams or ten years like you should need a resume to get to Monday night, Thursday night, or Sunday night Absolutely. football. Absolutely. Now you're like walking that, out the street. Yeah, you're literally walking off the street to do this. I mean, do we we found a clip, I believe, from uh, ESPN, NBC, and Fox. They all oh, yeah. got together in a building because obviously Thursday night, Monday night, and Sunday night are on all the different channels. And we actually found a little audio clip of uh, the heads of these three channels talking about you know how they're going to make their decisions on who's going to do uh, the big primetime games. Do, do right. you want to you want to play that clip, Jeff? Yeah, hold on. Let me get right. it here. There we go. All right, and it's coming up now. Here it is. All right, got it. All right, so guys, this is uh, Tom from NBC, and uh, I'm here with Jeff from Fox and Marty from ESPN. Hey, everybody. Uh, How you doing? What's What's up, guys? We're uh, we're in a little bit of a conundrum here. Ratings are falling. People are saying we've gotten a little too political. Uh, things are getting bad. So politics are to, terrible. Yeah, I, we we I, we. But but they're that. also good and they're, they're fair and good at the same time. Things are both fair and equal and good, always. Right, right. You do you agree, Tom? I mean, I, I, I really think we should play every side of it. Yes, we will play every okay. side. But the, the most guys, if we could just stay on top. Whatever you say is what I say. The most important thing we need to do, we need to decide who we're gonna have to host these games to get better ratings. And we've bounced it around the office. Um, Jeff, do you have any ideas? Only if you have ideas, Tom. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, everything we've done seems to not be working. Uh, I agree with that. I don't, I don't know. Can, can you see if that guy's outside again from last week? I heard FanDuel did something. Their office is right above ours where they got some fantastic FanDuel has been ideas. doing excellent work lately. I agree. Great idea. I love their, their site website. is looking very oh, charming and God. eloquent. And very oh, good. It's incredible. So uh, they it's around the same time they did that last week. Can you check outside, Jeff, and see if that guy's still down there? Y- yes, sir. I'll I'll go open the window immediately. Okay. Thanks. Hello, sir. Yeah. Hey, hey. This is uh me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You. This What's is, up? Uh, What's up, fella? This is Tom Jones. I'm with ESPN, and uh, we're in here with a couple executives from NBC, Fox, uh, a couple of the major channels. Uh, do, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for the announcer gigs on our shows. <laughs> do, do you watch? You okay? Yeah. No, I'm good, man. Just smoking. Oh, okay. Do you do you have any uh, interest in football? Do you know anything about football? I watch it. Okay. I, mean, I watch the TV. Okay, that, that's then. a start. So. We have uh, two games coming up on Monday night. This is the week one for Monday night. Our target demographic is 18 to 35-year-old males. Okay. And, uh, this is big. This is the kickoff to the football season. We're wondering what we should do and who we should put on this show. I think we've locked in Brian Greasy, who really has no huh? experience. Yeah, exactly. But um, he, he came highly recommended by a couple other companies who didn't want to use him. Um, but we're trying to pair him with someone that would fit that target demo of 18 to 35. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want my, you want my opinion? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're out of ideas in here, man. I, I mean, I live, with, I live with my, my grandma. Uh-huh. And so, like, when we watch the game, when the Golden Girl reruns are over, my grandma uh-huh. and I will turn on the game. And so, and she has some really good thoughts about it. So, uh-huh. I mean, I, I, but, she, you know, again, she, she, uh, needs oxygen so i don't know if you'd be able to get her uh but maybe if you just get like an o- o- older lady 
Uh, I think like a lot of the audience wants to hear what like an older lady would like to think about the game. Gives it a, that whole unique perspective that I'm sure the majority of your audience really wants to hear about. Hmm, that's interesting, guys. Do we have any? Uh, do we have anyone? Any 50 year old women we could put? Yeah, that fits the quota. Too. Okay, yeah. All right. All right, that's a great idea. I think we're gonna run with that. I think we're gonna run with that. We're gonna do that for the first Monday night. <laughs> awesome, game. man. Thanks, dude. That's seriously. We didn't even. I don't know how we didn't even think of that because we've literally made a concerted effort to not get the most talented people, but to really diversify our staffs to a point that it's literally repulsive and everything is just so obvious that we're trying to force people in based on their gender or ethnicity. Have you so, guys uh, thought about nicknames? Nicknames. Um. There's this kid, Mahomes, who's, who's looking really good in the preseason is coming in. But why? why? What do you got Mahomes. on that? Well, I, I just think, like, when me and Grandma are watching the games, that, like, if you gave everybody, like, a cool nickname. Yeah? You know, like, like something. XFL? But, like, yeah. you hate me? No, 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 no. Not, nothing original. Like, something that we've heard, like, dozens, if not hundreds of times before that are comforting. And, and mm. like, something like, I don't know, uh, uh, Rexy. Or Lexi or Bexy or or like uh, uh, Primetime or Showtime or Showtime. Ma- Show, hold on there. Show, yeah. Showtime. We were just talking about Mahomes. Maybe we can force, maybe we can make sure that all of our reporters refer to Mahomes as Showtime at an obnoxious level and then maybe that'll stick and they'll credit ESPN. There like, you go. You- yeah, man. See, yeah. that's, yeah. Just make sure it's something that, you know, has been done a lot of times before and uh-huh. will confuse people as to who exactly you're talking about. And then it has no pun or any involvement with his actual name itself, right? Oh, no. God, no. You, you don't want anything to do with that uh, a- at all. You don't want to mess idea. with somebody's name. What if that's- we had the sideline reporters call him Showtime instead of Patrick when they called him over for the interview? Do you think... Do you think that'll help force it down everyone's throat? Well, you guys are the networks. Why even call him by his name at all? Why not just force the announcers and all the sideline people to call him by some arbitrary nickname to really confuse the hell out of people? That's what I would do. We also have, I mean, we're we're Monday Night Football. We're thinking of bringing in a good crew. And uh, Joe Tessitore has actually been somewhat tolerable. Um, We actually uh, have enjoyed him, and, and his ratings are actually pretty good. So we're trying to pair him with a couple guys that could really make him look like complete garbage. Um, you got any ideas, like, where we can go with this? I mean, looking for someone with maybe no like, talent. How about a random ex-player from, like, 12, 15 years ago? Hmm. You know, like, hey, I got – what if you just put, like, an old player that nobody really knows? Also, he has to have a nickname for his first name. Because nicknames, we, we, you guys want, that's all it's all about. So, Holy shit, guys, Booger McFarlane. What if you put is him. Booger available? Oh, a, what a great name. Booger How would you is feel fantastic. about It's Booger. like Revenge of the Nerds. Did like a Booger? guy like Dudley Dawson. That's fantastic. Do we, do we have you know Booger? what you could do? Get Booger, get Booger on the phone. Okay. Hey, okay, keep going. hey sir. You know yeah. what you can do? My grandma, when she has to go upstairs, she's got mm-hmm. like this, this seat and she just kind of propels herself up. She sits down and takes her upstairs. Put that former player in a contraption like that that spins him around the field oh, like he's some sort of eighty-five-year-old yes. grandma, yes. and just and he'll he'll report from the side of the field like that. That's br- I do mean, you, do you understand what the fans would do when they see a guy reporting from a chair? Oh, they're gonna go nuts! Around? They're gonna love this. Oh, they're gonna lose it. Should we pair him with like with like a tight end that has no broadcasting experience? 
Oh, yeah, just get somebody, you know, if anybody is thinking about retirement, you should just grab them. So, All right, but let's, it has do to, let's do Witten, guy. Let's do Right, Witten, as long Booger, as it's a clean white guy, though, you don't want to get too crazy. It has to be real clean and, and looks good with, like, a two-day outgrowth of a beard. Yeah, we're figuring, you know, we, we actually show these guys on camera for about three minutes of the three-hour broadcast. Oh, he has to so. be the sexier, the better, then. Those yeah, three we're looking to, to sacrifice two hours and 53 minutes of, uh, of good content if for the seven minutes of women love masturbating to announcers while they're watching sporting events. So I think this is a great idea. Have somebody extraordinarily handsome. Not don't not nobody who could speak though, but just uh, somebody no, handsome, no. classically handsome. We don't want to intimidate the audience. We don't want them we don't want people using big words and actually knowing what down it is. So what about Chris Collinsworth? Are you familiar with him? He's been doing a lot of stuff with us on Thursday nights. Um the fans seem to love him. Um I've never heard of that. I don't know what a, a clings Klingon's worth is. Bo- he kind of looks the- like a bird, like Jeff Manns. Uh, never heard of either of those people, but uh, and from my experience, uh, men that look most like birds are usually the best lovers. Um, that's just <laughs> I, I've what heard I've the heard. Same. So I've these, heard the same. These two guys must be very, very good and satisfying in the be- in the bedroom. We'll just stick him with Al Michaels. That'll mask the fact that he's absolutely atrocious. Oh, that's a hockey guy from 1980. I know my grandma's told me about that. Yeah, he's great. Oh, he's fantastic. Well, I I feel like we got a lot done here. Really appreciate you, sir. Um, What's your name again? My my name is Ken. Ken. Yeah, I I usually have have the I'm the guy with the long beard under the underpass with the I'm a former Vietnam vet sign. Uh-huh. And I'm not really a, I, see that. I, I was never in, I'm only 25, but, um, I'm still, I just like to, I get, make more money here than when I was working at Best Buy. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally here four or five days a week. I like right. to take the weekends off though. All right. No, no, we don't work weekends. We don't work. We, we will try to work as little as possible. We try to not put much thought. Just into if, it. Yeah. If you guys need me, I'll, I'm right. See over down like right up North, just West of Maple. I'm right there. Just throw a rock down there, and I'll, I'll come out on over. All right, perfect. Just be, be uh, same bat time, same bat channel next week. <laughs> nice. We'll see you here next week. Does that work? That's excellent stuff. Can't wait to see, hear the changes. All right, thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. We're going to crush it this year in NFL, and, and it's going to be all because of you, brother. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good day. So that was the uh, clip from the summer before uh, this NFL. And Is I think that really they, I think how f- decisions are being made? I think they followed through with every part of it, Jeff. I think I think they succeeded in making everything as bad as possible to the point where um, I heard uh, Mahomes called a legend. He was called a legend. I, I think they need to look up the word legend. Uh, I don't know if, if four or five good games actually uh, substantiates a legend. Um, and they didn't know what down it was like 15 times. So... Uh, I think they did a good job, and a good job to ESPN, NBC, and Fox for uh, bringing in the worst broadcasters they could physically find. Yeah, I, I love this part about grandmothers. That That is just great stuff. It's great. It's great. Never nothing, change. Nothing, nothing in 18 to 35-year-old. You know what? I feel better. Moment. I feel like we now know their process at least, so I feel yeah, better about it. That's it. That's it, 100%. Talk about a little more DFS here. So we got the Browns. I want to get to some Twitter questions too. Um, we got the Browns here. So Baker Mayfield, we saw the first experiment of it last week. Obviously, he didn't have the game that every knucklehead was expecting him to have simply because they're knuckleheads. And they saw a half and thought, oh, my God, he's the best quarterback ever. He was terrible, actually. He wasn't even fine. You know, like 50% completion percentage, two picks. Should have won that game easily. Um, what's your take here? You seem you seem not too high on Landry at all this week. Well, he's banged up. He's got the knee 
issue. Um, so it's going to be less than 100%. I think that they have a real problem with how bad Callaway played. Like the underneath stuff, if they're going to just bracket Landry, there's it, going to be a problem there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if he's at less than 100%, rookie inexperienced quarterback against a very experienced defensive coordinator and head coach, man, with Jimmy Smith coming back, this is just a real tough call for Jarvis Landry. If you're in a season league, I'm fine with it. Like you have to start him, I feel. He's earned that. He'll get enough receptions. He'll get eight targets. But I wouldn't expect a big game from Jarvis Landry at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm not or as Baker. high on this game. Yeah, no, I'm not as high on this game as every other. What's your sneaky shootout of the week? Do you have a game that you could see shooting out to compete with that Pittsburgh-Atlanta game? Sneaky shootout would probably be the um, – I think Packers-Lions is the one that I could see getting to the moon. That's already 51, though, so that's a little bit of a cop-out. Let's find one, a low one. The one I'll throw out there is Minnesota and Philly. I okay. rewatched just yesterday, I rewatched the uh, Eagles-Titans game. Mm-hmm. And, I, man, I realized, holy dog shit, Batman. The, the corners of Philadelphia are atrocious. Mm-hmm. So fucking bad. And I'm thinking, wow, the, I mean – you know, Kirk Cousins has been doing work this year, and you got Thielen and Diggs. They are going to absolutely torture Philadelphia. We have to get over the idea that Philly is a world champion because right. they were. I love, I love attacking them with, through the air. It's it's over. Jalen Mills, garbage, like to the highest extent of the law, pure garbage. Malcolm Jenkins was fucking terrible in New Orleans. He's their safety that plugs up the gap. Ronald Darby has been real disappointing and banged up. Uh, a couple times this year. They played terrible against Tennessee. Just terrible. Because Marcus Mariota was shit. Look at that game film again. He's thrown off his back foot. He's floating the ball. It reminded me of college. You know in college you see these guys, I call it the the quarterbacks thrown into the bucket, where mm-hmm. everything's aloft. Right. They're lofting their throws. They're like It's as if they're doing a jump shot in basketball to land it into a bushel basket. That's what we saw from Mariota all day. Everything is his high-arcing passes. And the Eagles defenders didn't know what the fuck, how to defend yeah, them. They're bad. They couldn't knock them bad. down. They couldn't on track the, other, the ball in the air. I mean, on the other side, too, you got Minnesota giving up 300 yards a game right now. Like, I know that's a little bit inflated in the first four weeks because Terrible. Goff just went for 450 on them. But, you know, we know this isn't the same defense on the road. And even with the Goff 450, I mean, they're giving up two touchdowns a game, six most uh, points to quarterbacks. And, you know, they're on the road. So. You know, people could say you throw out the golf game. Because, but, I mean, you, ha- you can't just throw that out. No. It was last week. He just can't lit them on fire. Why would you just throw that game out? Goff, I mean, he's a very good quarterback, but so is Carson Wentz. So, yeah. you know, you can't just say that was an aberration, like the team's been giving up 120 a game and then at a 450 out of nowhere. So I, I think you have to look into that. So I agree with you. I think that's another potential shootout there. Uh, Twitter question here that's going to lead to a DFS question, uh, but I just like the Twitter question. What's worse, 200-point pay lines in DK Cash or a Ted Schuster cheese fart? Oh. And this is going to lead into the question about the pay lines, which everyone keeps asking. Oh, um, the pay lines are worse. I hate when... You've probably yeah. smelt a lot of Ted Schuster cheese farts. Too many Schuster cheese farts. The, the good thing is, A, uh, normally you got to know there's a, a certain amount of fecal matter that comes out, and eventually if he blows... The Ted can't fart blast too much because he shits his pants. Then he has to go change. And it, there's only a matter of time. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll smell your stinky cheese farts for 45 seconds, but you got to go change your underpants in the middle of a Denny's. 
So how are you going to, you know, who really is the loser here? You know, so the 200 point pay lines is way worse. Cause that's why it'll stick with you way longer. I would agree. And this just dovetails into those 200 point pay lines. Um, we're seeing create, everyone's asking me friends, family, Twitter, subs, why are the pay lines so high? Why am I scoring 200 points and I'm not winning? Uh, I have a theory on what it is and I have a multi-pronged theory here that isn't going to take too long to explain one. The pricing has been a disgrace. When you have terrible pricing and chalk hits, that combination of those two things, like last week when Ridley, Boyd, and Shepard all were in fantastic spots and all $4,900, and then you pair in a $2,600 Bears defense in a prime spot, which I guaranteed double-digit points, and they got, right there alone, you've only spent somewhere in the ballpark of – 17,000 and change, and you could go get Kamara and Zeke and all the locks. So the key is to not have, whenever you see cheap, obvious, high-end chalk hit, pay lines are going to go through the roof. And that's the thing. When If those guys were $6,000 last week, right, all three of those guys, just $1,000 more, that's all they needed to be, $1,000 more, that keeps you from being able to get that 45-point Kamara game. And if you did get it, if you did get Kamara in your lineup, it would have kept you from the 36-point Zeke game. You wouldn't have been able to get both. So you would have had to get cute somewhere else, which would have dropped the pay lines down. So I think that's the biggest problem with it. We also have to factor in that people are getting sharper. You know, the, the industry's getting sharper. There's more information out there. There's a lot of shitty content out there, too. But there, there is a lot of good content. People have been playing this game for eight years now compared to, you know, every year that goes by, if you look at from year seven to year eight, we're what? An extra 15% more in experience per person. So we're just getting better and better. It's kind of like the internet, how it started in dial-up, and then 8, 9, 10, 15 years later, it evolved. People are evolving. People are getting better. There's new players. Like, how many people haven't heard of DraftKings by now? Even the new guys are in their second year right now, it seems, after the ad blitzes. So I think this is a little bit more of a common theme, and I think it's mostly based on sharpening these fucking prices so that you can't get three superstar backs and three receivers that can score 30. Well, That's the here, problem, Joe. I, I think it's twofold. I honestly agree with the premise, but I don't agree with your solution because I don't think we need to up the prices. I think we could down the prices. I think you can. Go, it, we're a lot closer uh-huh. to being able to just make – put everybody – at if I put like levels of players like cheapen like everybody out. I have a couple friends. You know they have that. You probably haven't even played it. They have the tiered game on yeah. DraftKings. I don't oh, know. If, I've I, seen I it. think you know about it. I don't think you've played it much. I've not played. But it, um, no. that's basically what it is. They don't. You're not even prices. Yeah. It's yeah. just they put eight. So you got like golf, uh, golf. You got golf. Wentz, Cam, Matt Ryan, Ben, all in one tier. You pick yep. one tier two. You got Tyreek Hill, OBJ, Michael Thomas. And I have friends that are saying they like and are having way more success in those tiers, these tier games, than they are in anything else. Because in football, let these people outguess themselves and second guess themselves, and let let them fail. What I don't like is when the prices are like DraftKings have been this year, where it it, it puts a ginormous forces bullseye. you on the people. Yeah, you have to like Boyd and Ridley. Everything pops. It's one thing if they were all in the same tier. And then somebody identified it. Then, then that to me, that's more of a skill. Right. We don't want to push them right to there. Like, imagine hey, that last week in that tier, Shepard, Boyd, and Ridley in the same tier, tier three. Like, exactly. You'd be. You don't even need to put a fourth player, in, and everyone would be like, "What the fuck? Where do I yeah. go?" Like, 
that's more challenging. That's more skillful, I believe, in my right. opinion. So, so I don't hate, I mean, it. I don't hate I, it. I I think those kinds of things. I mean, they need to do something with the pricing. It just you can't target. You price up the only the one percenters, and then you then you fucking have point to value for everybody else because everybody wants to play the stars. Make more stars even price so people spread out who they're using at the top. And get rid of this fucking ten ninety five hundred dollar cap on players. Like you know, Kamara yeah. should have been you know eleven thousand dollars last, last week. You know, weeks. like I mean. You know, yep. move the pricing around. Just get one five. Say it every fucking show. Just get allow one. people to build different lineups. Right. Just encourage not the same styles. Like, it's, oh, I'm gonna pay. like. I mean, we should never as analysts. Like, I want to be challenged more. I want. I don't want to be able I, to say, well, we're gonna. We're that's pay, the guess thing. what? We're paying up at running back. Paying down at quarterback. Paying up at wide receiver one. Down at wide receiver two. Value guy at wide receiver three. Mid tier. It used tight to be end. like that. It used to be yeah. game theory. It used yep. to be interesting. Like, dude, yep. Monday last week, Jeff, I told you I set my lineup, and it was the nut lineup Monday with no. Re- I wasted sixty hours last week. Because my Monday morning lineup that I set was Andy Dalton, Ezekiel Elliott, Kamara, Gio Bernard, Ridley, Boyd, um, Burton, Orton Joku, the Bears D, and Shepard. Like, it was literally a 250-point lineup. It was the nuts. And every player was 30% owned. And that's why I said on the pod, I'm like, I probably should just play cash this week. Just play ten grand in cash because everyone's going to have this fucking lineup and I don't need to do research. So what do I do? I start digging a little bit and try to get cute. Like, where can I get off Ridley? And I'll go uh, I'll go with Allison, and he gets a concussion. And then Christian Kirk. And, you know, one or two little pivots is the difference between 40 points and $100,000 in a qualifier seat, you know, just to oh, try yeah. and get cute. So it forces you to make kind of negative EV plays uh, to do it. So that's what's – so I don't know. I think it's going to straighten out, guys. I don't think the pay lines will be as high this week. I don't think it's obvious. It's going to all no. – I'm okay when it all depends on one game. Like it this was week, a misnomer, dude. Last week was crazy. I mean, it was, it's been they've they've had one or James Conner week one. You know, mm-hmm. like they've had these uh, these things happen on occasion where it's just up forty percent, thirty point chalk. But uh, I think this week, I'll tell you if the pay line is going to be high or not. If Atlanta Pitt final is forty five forty two, the pay lines are going to be like two twenty, yeah. yeah. right? If Atlanta Pitt pulls a giant Saints where even if they score 48 points, but you're only getting one or two guys who go crazy, like it was really just Kamara who went insane. Breeze and and Thomas and Barkley and Eli and Beckham, all them kind of were like average to shitty, then it's going to be a fucking 150 pay line. So that's what it's going to come down to this week, that Atlanta pit game, which I don't mind because at least now I'm fading one thing, right? right, right. Like there's always a chance Not that that 10. game ends 24-21. Right. And that's that's fine. I'm fine fading that one thing, because what I could do is I can make my one lineup, put that over there, stack that game and then make a couple others that are fun and then just root for that lineup to fall apart. So um, I think that's going to be a theme going forward. Twitter question here uh, before we wrap this up. Bad beats of 2018. What's the worst beat you guys have had this year? I hear Tommy talking about how he got screwed three of the four weeks. I still don't know what that's about. Um, Jeff, you have a bad beat here. I actually uh, got screwed four times, and the fourth one you haven't heard about, and it is by far the worst beat of the year. Jeff, you know what I'm talking about with my survivor pool. Oh, uh, I'm gonna was air that it out. the promise? I'm going to change the name, and I'm going to air it out. Yeah. Was that the promise? It was that, the promise. It was the bet. Oh, my God. You're, oh, that's fantastic. Yes, you got to tell a story. My, mine sucks. My bad beat, I'll tell you my bad beat. Um, it was actually week one. I mean, that's the thing. Our subscribers at Guru League, 
killed Recorn. We were ready for it. We were Destroyed. fucking all aligned. It was we we slayed the universe. But the the one thing about that is I didn't enjoy it as much because on a personal level I lost. And I was and it sucked. And the reason is I listened to that fuckwad Ted Schuster. <laughs> Love you, Ted. But he fucking <laughs> Alex Collins, Alex Collins, Alex joked. Collins. We got it. So we we changed the lineup twenty minutes before lock. Moved Adrian Peterson out, who went like five x, and thousand. we put in Alex Collins, who was absolute dog shit. And it, it, we also went down at receiver. I can't remember what the pivot was there, but it, it fucked the whole lineup up. And we were and, and we lost. We didn't win cash you games. Needed, you needed to be on week one for sure. Yes, and I mean yeah. we were on. Couldn't the miss original any, lineup couldn't we miss, had couldn't was miss like a hundred eighty point lineup. Right, and couldn't we we, we sacrificed like fifty points or forty points, thirty points. It was bad. So that was yeah. the worst beat that we've had. And then week two, where the analysis wasn't great, somehow managed to be over the pay line. Which and then the last crazy, two yeah. weeks. So three and one in cash this year. But with the biggest, perhaps the biggest week that our subs had was the one week I was actually negative. I've had the best four weeks, first four weeks of my NFL career. And it's not close as far as my content. My content, I feel, has been on the nuts. My teams have been on the nuts. I've been right there with a fucking pubic hair each of these three or that in four weeks week two i just got bludgeoned i got fucking bloodied it was terrible i did horrible week one i was in first for the queue um fournette went down early and i ended up missing the qualifier by like nine points or whatever it was and fucking the guy i hate got hurt so fournette went down week three i lost the qualifier by 1.7 points finished second on an Eckler fumble at the end of the game and 16 other unforeseen events. That was about a $60,000 swing. Week two, I got killed. Week four last week, I'd, I made the fucking worst swap ever. Um, I, I had my lineup set since Monday, like I said, and I'm like, you know what? This is too chalky. Let me get cute. And I moved off Boyd, Dalton, and Ridley for Breeze, Kirk, and Allison. Um, ended up being a 47-point swing. I still scored 195 even with that swap. And uh, that would have been two seats and $100,000. So literally just money falling. And none of those were my worst beat of the year. None of them. The worst beat of the year. I have a friend. We will call her um, Savannah. No, that's actually a girl I know. Um, oh, that don't don't say. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying. I never, that's actually a girl I know. This is a fucking give me great a name story. of someone that give me a name of someone that Sandy. Sandy. Okay, I don't know a Sandy. All right, so we'll call her Sandy. All right. Very hot, very young girl, very cute. Not very young, she's like 30. But um, super hot girl, right? Doesn't, doesn't play many you know, gambling pools and stuff like that. Knows I do this big time. And is like, before this, Tommy, I'm entering this survivor pool. I need to win, okay? Can you help me? And for me, every, every exchange of skills is a business arrangement, yeah, right? You got to capitalize on it. You got to use this leverage, boys and girls. Yes. So I'm like, okay, well, I charge for these services on my site. So if I'm going to help you, what's in it for me? Because the pool is like, the pot's like thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. And then she's like, I don't know, you tell me. And uh, I was like, all right, here's the deal. Um, we've already had sex before. We've had sex for a long time. So I'm like, here's the deal. Every time I win, we have sex. Every time we win three in a row, I get a threesome. And it was like a back and forth. Like, no. I'm like, yep. I'm like, fine. Then, then you know what? I, you, I'm Good sure luck. you can find someone else who does fantasy, uh, does football for a living. Yeah. Come on. It's like, listen, this is a real arrangement. Fine. Okay. So what do I do? Week one, took the Ravens. They won by like 30 points, right? Week two, took the Rams or whatever. Won by like 35 points, right? Week three is up, Jeff. 
It was two weeks ago. I didn't know if I should say it on the air or not, but I am airing it out because it's no mercy and there's no holds barred. I have the nut scenario. I'm talking to Mad Lab. I'm talking to you. I'm like, this is a lock. The threesome's happening. Vikings minus 17 and a half points. Let's take the Vikings in the survivor pool. Bury it. Even though it's chalk, we're going to burn it for the sake of the threesome. Yes. And the biggest upset in 25 years of football history happens. And the Vikings lose. And we're out. That's brutal. I remember the conversation specifically when you're like, okay, are we sure? Like, is there any chance? And I said, <laughs> there is no chance. None. There is, it's just that. And, and you're like, well, we could save it. The Vikings. I said, no. Because that's something I'm thinking anything. about. All right. I have the potential for like five yeah. threesomes if we go all the way. Yeah, right? Exactly. I'm like, it's no, like, do I burn the Vikings? It's like, no. You know the what? first one. Lock in the threesome. No matter Lock what. Lock it in. We're going yes. around. The stipulation is what she got to pick the girl. Like, fine. Bet. Done. Great. Like, I'll probably pick a worse girl than you. <laughs> I fuck fruit. So, uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the fucking Vikings are down 7 nothing. I'm like, this isn't going to happen. This can't happen. This is the water main all over again. Like, the water main just broke somehow. And yep. fucking, it's all dead, man. It's all fucking dead. That is brutal. I mean, think about that, folks. The biggest upset with 25 years, you said. And I, I don't. <laughs> Only I, me. In my Only lifetime, me. I don't think Only I've ever seen a team. fucking me. And the worst, much lose. the worst part about it is, Jeff, in my two survivor pools, I did Baltimore and both who won. So, like, oh, my yeah. pick that I would have gone with if I would have gone with my normal one and stayed away from the chalk like I do every week mm-hmm. actually would have won. Just the epitome of a Tommy G beat. But uh, anyway, let's get to your low-owned call of the week before we wrap up and I go get fucking hammered at the Yankee game. Yeah. Uh, go Oakland, by the way. The, uh, the <laughs> my, my guy, I've got a Thursday night special for everybody. Thursday night, New England and Indianapolis. His name is Chester Rogers, wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts. Guy was incredible. Watching him. This past Sunday, you wonder, like, Rodgers has been around, I think it's the third or fourth year. He's, he's kicked around a little bit. But Luck had incredible confidence in him, threw to him on third and fourth downs um, consecutively at the tail end of that game and in overtime. And Rodgers caught balls in the middle of traffic with three people around him, picked up yards after contact, protected the ball amazingly, was playing to the crowd. The crowd was getting excited. It was an incredible performance and one that you would expect out of Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, you know, somebody like that. You don't think about it as Chester Rogers, but the kid played with a lot of confidence. And in a game where Andrew Luck very, very well could throw another 40 to 50, 50 plus. He threw 62 last time. He could throw 50 plus pass attempts. Chester Rogers could easily see 15 or more targets. No T.Y. Hilton in this game. No Jack Doyle in this game. Coverage has been an issue for the Patriots at times. And I, Andrew Luck, I have confidence in. I, I think that Chester Rogers, 100 yards for him, is very much in play this week. All right. I'm going to give a little, uh, a little double banger here. Um, I don't know where I want to go because I'm going to save one for the subs. I'm trying to think which one I'm going to play more of. I think I'm going to play more of the other one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the other one for the subscribers of Guru Elite. But I'm going to give one out here only because I want to tout the fact that I think I'm dead right on this guy from the preseason. Cortland Sutton is a guy who I was so high on. And if you read my – that's the beauty of Jeff, of having that kind of like preseason draft guide that you do every year. It's so nice to be like, it's in print, motherfucker. Cortland Sutton is a guy who I fucking loved from what I saw in the preseason. Dude's like 6'4", 220. Uh, They haven't thrown a passing touchdown, I don't think, since week one, right? 
Let me check here. I don't think Case Keenum has thrown a pass. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't have a passing touchdown Jesus since week one. Christ. That's crazy. Um, three interceptions, no touchdowns since week one. I am going to call against my Jets that Cortland Sutton catches the first touchdown for the Denver Broncos since week one. I actually won't say it'll be the first touchdown because then if he catches the second touchdown of the game, I'll, I'll get shit on for it. Yeah. So Cortland Sutton catches a touchdown for the Denver Broncos next week, 3,400 on DraftKings. That's my sneakopotamus. I should even go like, just going to score 13 points, but no. I'm saying touchdown. They went to him in the red zone last week. I think he got pass interfered with on that play. But uh, Cortland Sutton was touchdown. incredible on Monday night, man. He's he so good, dude. Really good. He's going to be a star, dude. Go trade for him in all your seasonal leagues, especially dynasty leagues. This kid is going to be a star two, three years from now. If you have a dynasty league, go get this motherfucker. But that's it. Cortland Sutton getting way off the board. Half a percent owned, Jeff. Boom. I love it. Body control is amazing. It's what it you look so for. Good. When you scout a wide receiver, look for wide receivers that catch with their hands. They don't need to bring it into their body. If they can control it with their hands, he's got like 10 and a quarter inch hands. That dude goes up. He can make those plays. Cock. Come down, touch his feet. He has possession of the ball. Guys who need to bring it in, there's a lot that goes wrong between the time they, their hands touch it and the time it hits their body. And it usually pops out of there, and they don't control it. So I love what I saw to Cortland Sutton, and the yep. dude is a beast. There's no question. Yes, he is. All right, you said ten and a half inch hands. You know what they say about guys with long fingers? Yeah, big gloves. Big gloves. So, uh, Jeff, any final words here for the peoples? Go Oakland A's. Fuck Go. You. Uh, somebody buys tr- Tommy drinks at the game, and he goes missing for only twelve hours tomorrow, and not for. Over 24. Because after 24, everybody always hits me up. It's like, you, you're from Tommy. Yeah. 12 hours. And then we have to send Mad Lab or Eddie Motts over, and then it's a whole thing. Yeah. The uh, By the way, tomorrow, be doing the uh, gambling podcast with Rob. Hopefully, I can get I can wake All up right. sometime. That's not going to happen, bro. Sometime before 5 p.m. There is we'll no see. chance this happens. Expect that on Friday. Right <laughs> Expect talking a doubleheader. Yeah. I'll we'll late see. minus 600. He does, there's we'll no fucking way. That. Rob's podcast will be on Friday. Yeah. You'll, <laughs> Mad Labs will be on Mad Saturday. Mad Lab and Kurt, you'll do the fucking live stream at Guru Leap probably. <laughs> and you'll do a post thing. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll make it there. For, I might just cut Rob because the bottom line we're definitely doing the friday one friday is mcgregor khabib and we got to get mad lab on no mercy talking mcgregor khabib this is the biggest card of the year biggest fight of the year we also have a 9.99 pass for you guys uh check the twitter account check at at mad lab mma and at guru elite 9.99 you can get in there if you just want to do the one week pass um for mad labs ufc analysis this is a big card big contest on DraftKings. mcgregor khabib me and him are going to go to fucking war but uh, so Rob, MLB model, gambling podcast, and the McGregor Khabib podcast with Mad Lab and the Bod. Uh, if one of them gets eliminated, it will definitely be Rob. I promise okay, you that. Good. But it will be Mad Lab and the Bod. We will definitely right, have that. But uh, so get over to GuruElite.com. For Jeff Mans, I am Prison Mike. Almost. Soon to be. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers. <laughs> Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.